Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 12th Wire Live. And today we are going to be talking all things sustainability. What on earth does sustainability mean in the world of cloud and technology uh, and everything in between and beyond? Is it sunken data centers? Is it frantically replanting trees? Um, well, hopefully our guest, James Cannings, will help us figure all that out. Welcome to the uh, stream, James. How are you doing? Very good, Rob. It's lovely to be here. I'm very excited to be here. Um, let's hope we can kind of keep it pithy and to within 45 minutes. The two of us I know are hugely passionate about this, but we'll we'll try and keep it condensed if we can. Yeah, we'll do our best. Uh, James and I are not known for our, our brevity, it has to be said, uh, particularly on subjects like this one. So, James, for our listeners who might not know you, would you mind just giving us a, a brief introduction to you and, and your kind of professional journey to this point? I shall give an introduction, whether it will be brief or not. I don't know, Robert. I'll try and <laughs> <laughs> cover some relevant stuff. So, um, hello, everybody. Um, I'm James, and I am uh, the Chief Sustainability Officer uh, of MSQ. MSQ are a global digital marketing group, 850 people. Um, I am also, I still wear a couple of hats, the, the co-founder of uh, one of the agencies within MSQ. So I'm the co-founder of MMT Digital. Um, and I think like a lot of chief sustainability officers because it is sort of the wild west out there i i am not my background is as a computer scientist and as, as, as an entrepreneur and founder of mmt a digital agency um but in 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 2019 which was which was our 20th anniversary um it was sort of the point that i and, and ben my co-founder kind of wanted to do more and i sort of accidentally at that point i think started to become an expert in, in carbon footprint modeling and reduction strategies. I, like lots of people out there, you know, wanted to model and understand what our carbon footprint was just, in, you know, to start as a, you know, doing the right thing as a business. I know we'll get onto the sort of the technology and the digital side and, and the clouds and stuff, but I think, you know, the, the starting point for lots of businesses, if you're going to look at that, is to understand your own footprint, have your own reduction strategies in place. And I, I've just found it incredibly hard. I, you know, I didn't know what scope one, scope two, scope three was. I didn't know. I found all these really quite rubbish calculators and, and, and modeling tools, and it was all very bitty and ended up sort of developing my own um, tools and, and, and processes. Um, or if people are interested in that as a starting point, I have a website, netcarbonnegative.co.uk, where, where those tools, um, simple spreadsheets can be downloaded if anyone watching is a beamer member i'm also the co-chair of the beamer sustainability council and, and train about 60 companies a year there's a, a carbon negative course that you can you can sign up for um so yeah went on on a bit of a journey and then uh, and so took uh, mmt carbon negative uh in 2019 uh, and then we rolled that modeling out uh, right across MSQ last year, and, and, and MSQ became a, a carbon negative or climate positive, um, you know, organisation. And we can get into a bit more of that, <clears throat> I'm sure, in in a yeah. sec. Um, the the other side of it, um, I think, with with the Beamer Sustainability Council was uh, launching uh, earlier this year a site called the Green Pages. Um, which we'll chat about in a bit. So that's a great resource, which is a, a resource to help any digital team, um, whether you're, you know, a designer, a developer, an architect, an engineer, an infrastructure person, a content media person on how to build, measure and build lower carbon digital platforms. Um, the, the internet has a larger 
carbon footprint than the airline industry and so there's a real opportunity to try although the profile of it is very very different but there's a real opportunity to sort of sig significantly reduce that so long introduction chief sustainability officer two areas that i'd love to talk about and that hopefully are interest one is about being a sustainable business whether you're a digital agency or whatever you are how you do that what you do how you get started all of that sort of stuff and then the other side is is, is part of that thing about spheres of influence which is a digital agency it's not about reducing our footprint but but the footprint of our clients by by building lower carbon platforms for them and, and why that might be important there you go I told you it wouldn't be a, a, a short introduction but maybe that <laughs> i mean by our tease up some areas we can chat short, about punchy <laughs> yeah by our standards extremely short but uh to just one more sort of paragraph i suppose to add so previously running mmt which i think was 20 years is that right it certainly was a was a was a yeah was it's a still going journey. Yeah, MMT, yeah the mmt brand you know msq is a is a, is a collection is, is a group of agencies mmt still very much going um yeah you know up near, nearly 200 people now it's going from strength to strength and, and the size and scale of that business is what's enabled me to to, to step away in part and, and do this role for msq which is which is lovely yeah. And and so and so there we go. Scene set. James is a successful founder and you know was previously leading the MMT business. Uh, you know a, a top quality digital agency that's gone through all of the evolutions that businesses like that have over the last twenty years. And you know to frankly to remain trading after twenty years is is a you know a, a feat to to be uh, applauded as an agency and to be doing it so successfully is even more impressive. So. Um, and it, you know, it's, so it's amazing, as you say, that that success has given you a platform now to be able to kind of focus on sustainability professionally. I think my question is, on that twenty-year journey, I'm I'm guessing I know the answer to, did you care about this twenty years ago? <laughs> um, certainly, as much as you do now, and maybe I'm wrong, but that would be my assumption because that's what most people would say when I ask them that question. Where in that journey do you think this subject came into that sharp focus for you? Um, I think the honest answer is no, I didn't care about it as much as I do now. This isn't something I've always been into. I mean, the context of that as well, actually, you know, we're, we're you know, the story actually I'm most proud of is not that we survived for um, 20 plus years, it was actually that, that we survived the first two or three years because we were a bedroom startup that I founded with my buddy Ben um, when we rolled out of university. Um, so we, we were just kids, really. So, you know, at that point, uh, founding the business, I'm 20, 21 years old. Um, it's 1999. Uh, you know, I couldn't hand on heart say I wanted to set up a business and from day one we wanted to be really sustainable i think in the broadest sense of the term sustainability in terms of being you know a very ethical business caring about people um being really involved in the local community local universities employing young people you know yes we kind of did that that was just i hope in our nature i hope ben and i if nothing else are relatively nice people not cutthroat businessmen and i think you know like you robert wirehive like you you can't build up a successful agency if you're not like that it's that they're people businesses you've got to look after them you've got to run them sustainably and ethically and all that side of yeah it. um and i and i guess i you know was always interested in the outdoors and wildlife and etc et but it, it just you know hand on heart like i probably a lot of us in our 20s you know i, I couldn't say it was it was hugely up there. i think what really changed for me mid mid late 30s was well i mean i had you know kids in my late, late 
um, 20s and so they were yeah. like 10, 11 coming back from school and I, you know I guess it was sort of round two wasn't it because there was a lot of this stuff you know I remember watching Al Gore's um, you know infamous documentary and there was a lot of like drive towards it and then I think you know there was the financial crash and we all got distracted for 10 years sort of recovering um, and we kind of lost that lost decade and I think it was that that, that then coming back on the radar you know my girls coming back and asking me about it and you know upset about it um before they jumped on their iphones and started TikToking each other or whatever and not quite seeing the irony of that but um you know and and that that 20th anniversary that was a real point for ben and i going well hang on what's it's got to be more to life than growing you know in the next numbers and the next targets and the next three-year strategy so no it was it was it was round two really it was it was 2018 2019 um it was growing up it was having kids who are asking questions about this and you start to think about what is your legacy in in business as a dad as a human um and uh, yeah so that that's when it you know it, it, so my journey's only been kind of three or four years i would say great yeah it's i love asking that question because it's amazing how common the answer is is that is you know two or three years and the reason i i find that so exciting is because it does seem like something shifted you know it really does seem to me like there is a growing public consciousness that this is a problem that needs solutions and that it's not just going to fix itself right and and whether that's people caring enough about this subject to tune into an episode like this or you know, taking personal action as you have and, and you know, making it almost the primary focus of your professional life. I just think it's it's incredibly encouraging. So um, on that, really, let's say thank you for the introduction. Lovely sort of framing and context for, for the conversation. The last question I'll ask you before we dive into the meaty stuff is uh, first question. Did you have the storm where you are today? It's a bit windy. I mean, I'm in Stamford in south lincolnshire so we're about as far away from the sea as you can get so we tend to just sort of get the back end of some wafty breeze but you where are you you're south <laughs> so coast down you yeah i'm by the beach i'm sort of yeah, pretty yeah. near the beach down in uh, in pool and um i'm i'm surprised my house is still standing i thought my, maybe mother nature knew we were going to be having this conversation today brunt. And she was well, reminding it's, us all. It's, it's, to, it's topical it and relevant. I, I was lucky enough to be on a, on a there was a, a really interesting presentation yesterday morning and, and keynoted by Chris Stark, who's the um, chief exec of the, the Climate Change Committee. And he was giving some really in, inspiring, you know, information and goals about what they're doing and their mm -hmm. goals for 2030. And, how, and that, that was great. But he was, you know, he was talking about kind of global average temperature increases and actually how on the kind of you know particularly on the south coast I think we've gone up I'm going to misquote this but something like one and a half degrees just in the last decade like some terrifying jump um and uh yeah we always had storms down there I'm not I'm not putting it on that but uh, just to sort of swing it around to some relevance um you know it, yeah. you know it's we could be getting more of those big tropical storms blowing blowing away Almost certainly. And and unfortunately, it means I can't now ask you the question I always like to ask people after a windy storm, which is what's the weirdest thing you found in your garden this morning? Um, I, I, so I'll answer it for myself, which is I found one of our like garden deck chairs had somehow become neatly folded up 
and was just in the middle of the lawn, just just about 70 meters from where it was before. Um, so yeah, there we go. Wow. There's a, there's, out Rob there's with a... His 70 meter garden, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wow. think I think a couple of cushions uh, blew off the chair, but we'll there we go. We'll, we'll rebuild and we'll survive. We'll, we'll make it. We'll make it through. Right. Okay, look, let's dive in. So, um, I think it'd be great to just sort of talk a bit about the journey of sustainability for businesses. I think that, you know, in this context of cloud and technology, I think so many companies like both of ours, you know, work in and around this sphere of, of tech, whether it's creating digital experiences for clients or, you know, from our, from our end, more on the kind of infrastructure and cloud services side, we're all interfacing with technology somewhere and technology inevitably has a footprint in some cases quite a heavy one in terms of its consumption and so i think it's there's this sort of interesting collision in you know we were talking about motorsport before we went on air it's like i think there are all these things that people do in the world that they're probably going to keep doing one way or another and that's that's okay like i i don't i'm i personally don't ever advocate for like you know sort of that cancel culture view of the world of like stop doing all these different things i think it's about modifying the way we do those things to be more sustainable and to um you know to try and leave no trace as it were to put back what we take if we are going to draw down um i'd love your view on that sort of that i suppose almost philosophical debate and also maybe that tees us off nicely to talk a bit about you know you went on that journey looking for a great calculator couldn't really find one built that built the amazing set of tools um you know, you talked, you sort of casually glossed over scope one, scope two in the intro, which is something people who are familiar with this topic often do. I imagine most of our listeners today have no idea what scope one and two are. So maybe we could just sort of help elaborate a bit there. Um, yeah. So, 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 so what happened, right? What led you to building out this amazing toolkit for businesses? Was it looking for that for yourself and just not being able to find it? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think there are about 10 questions in there Robert I'll try and try and you know pick through them but I mean I think on, on your on your on your f- first point um yeah you know it, for, for me it's about you know people often say oh look as an individual what's the point or you know you're just a small company what's the point you're not BP you're not Shell or and you can keep going up or yeah but yeah. we're just the UK and that's two percent of global emissions what's the point and and for me the the answer is the same at every level to you know yes it's not about we should regress to the dark ages and and completely you know reduce our footprint you know as an individual you can do something and take action that might inspire 10 other people as a company you can do something that might inspire 10 other companies in your sector or or show the world that your sector whatever that is whether you're coffee shop whether you're digital agencies like us can be you know high growth successful companies that are you know carbon negative carbon neutral you know aiming to be to net zero all this sort of stuff and that as a UK you know going up and up you know five or only two percent of commissions uh, emissions or whatever it is but we can show the world that you can be a high growth economy um, you know net zero economy um, again it's you know for me it's not about sort of paying back sins of the past and, you know yet finally you know we led the industrial age and all that this is an opportunity to kind of lead the next stage and, and and show the world that we can do it you know yes china have got huge 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 emissions but you know in some in part the uk is 
heavily reduced its own emissions um, through the reduction of its manufacturing base. And, and so, you know, we, we, we do, they are the world's factories, but they are doing a lot. And the technology we develop here at the country level, we can, you know, share with the world and there's huge opportunity there. So I think it kind of just keeps rolling up, rolling up. So I think that's the first thing you know because I think people get quite frustrated you know what can I do and what what's the point and, and I think at, at all levels actually can all kind of make a, a, a huge different and a difference and sort of inspire others and and so yeah look uh, I, I I went on this journey you know learn about scope one scope two scope three we don't, don't need to do kind of loads and loads of sort of definitions but you know scope one and scope one are your kind of direct emissions they're they're actual fossil fuels that your organization actually burns actually individuals have these emissions as well so same for individuals so typically for a service business where we don't have a big manufacturing base with chimneys and pumping great big gases up um, your scope one is, is is usually just your gas because you pipe gas in and you burn it on site so you're burning a fossil fuel on site and it's also your company fleet vehicles would be the big one if you have any we actually don't because um, again you're burning the fuel out of the cars. Um, scope two is basically your electricity. So it's indirect because someone else is burning the fossil fuels for you um, or maybe wind turbines. And scope three is the big kind of never ending pile of everything else. But actually for a service business, it's probably 80 to 90% of your emissions. So when we modeled them, um, the big chunks in there are the commuting and in work travel so it's getting all your teams to and from offices and it's all yeah. of the traveling between offices and to clients that they do um, and staying in hotels and then the other big lump is is the purchase of uh, purchase of goods and services um, and, and and again without measuring the reduction strategies that you see people put in place tend to be kind of shuffling deck chairs around they, they tend to go after the scope too they tend to do things that save electricity they'll buy low energy toasters and kettles and you know and tinker around or they'll start to buy sustainable toilet paper and cleaning products and these are all really good things to do but actually even if you chunk down that um, goods and services pot again for most organizations particularly service businesses 80% of those are usually actually like the professional services so that it's legal HR IT um, you know all of those sort of services that you you procure all the contracting and all that sort of stuff and um, and and so by by creating this model it, it's really the only way to and, and that can be very light touch again doesn't have to be super scientific you don't have to spend a year doing it hugely accurately especially if you're a small business and, and again I've got a very simple calculator you can download off the site I mentioned um, and, and there are others appearing but they're, they're pretty hopeless um, and what we found is, is that our carbon footprint at 600 tons this wasn't a number that meant anything to me um, that's six or seven tons per person at the time was fantastically cheap to offset um, and so and I, I'm, I'm choosing my words carefully I think you know getting into offsetting is an interesting conversation um, and we do that, as you know, Rob, through the, the excellent ecology platform that, that you're involved with. Um, it's it's fantastic. It's a great dashboard and we can see where we're doing our offsetting. And I love the fact that that's typically actually not tree planting. That's usually separated out and something we do separately. Um, yeah. It's typically protecting, you know, forests in the first place or investments in in, in renewables, all those kind of really nice ethical um, projects that they support, low emission 
cooking stoves and things like that. Um, and that because that was really cheap to do, and I'll come back to that, it, you know, our pledge was to become carbon negative. So no matter how much we reduced our footprint, we will never reduce our offsetting. And I would I would suggest that any kind of service based business that doesn't have a huge amount of emissions from manufacturing take takes a look at that. Um, offsetting gets some negative press. And I think you have to choose your words carefully. You, you hear people, and I heard Chris Stark actually say yesterday, like, you know, it, you know, offsetting's all right, but really we've got to focus on the reduction stuff. And yeah. and through a little bit of Chinese whispers, it's even come back to me and that somebody said to me once, oh, the, you know, head of Greenpeace or something said offsetting is a waste of money. And when I looked at what he said, it was, you know, offsetting's not the answer. And through a couple of hops, that that had had become that actually investment into those projects whether some of the science of whether a ton is a ton and how many trees is this whether some yeah. of that's debatable and it certainly isn't scalable no no one disagrees that we can't just go yep let's just pile it into that and carry on as we are it is still the thing you you should do day one you know just just put the money there because if we all do that that is billions of pounds trillions if everyone does it going into brilliant schemes and and, and if they aren't scalable and the measurement isn't quite right well fine we'll, we'll figure that out when everybody signed up to them and there aren't enough places to plant trees or whatever the pro problem is mm -hmm. um they are still a brilliant thing to do um and so for most um service businesses i I would suggest do that day one, get get offsetting, support those schemes, measure, and then that measurement will allow you to put a, a carbon reduction strategy uh, in place. And then, and and so using the tools that you ultimately built, you were able to do that for your own business and then kindly have published them as you as you mentioned on netcarbonnegative.co.uk and we'll stick it in the notes for people as well um, to help others do it. Do you, what's the, which is great, admirable, you know, I applaud you. I think it's an amazing project, as you know, I'm hugely supportive and I just think it's, you know, it's kind of the context of how we met ultimately was you, that you did that and I was involved in ecology and I just think, you know, more, we need more people like you and I, you know, not to blow our own trumpets, doing this stuff. We need people taking action and, and helping others to take action. Um, and and building the tools and services to make it straightforward is a big part of how I think technology helps provide the solution to this. You know, I, I've always been a big believer that technology ultimately will save us all. You know, it's a bit of a grand statement to make, but I love tech because of how it can change and improve people's lives. And I think that certainly doesn't stop, at, at, you know, reducing our impact on the planet. I always have to stop myself short of saying save the planet because as people love reminding me when I say that the planet will be fine it's us that will will be buggered right um so you know this is about saving us from ourselves really uh, and and being you know responsible inhabitants yeah, it's my of this, trump of this rock when, flying around when I'm, the sun when I'm annoying the when I'm when I'm annoying the exec about trying to kind of move my initiatives forward so I you know I just kind of remind them that well look I'm only trying to save humanity Humanity, guys. Yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I know that sounds. You know, sure. What you're doing sounds really important, but yeah, no, it's not that big a deal. Remember. It's fine. But, but let, let's so, go on to the technology bit then. That's yeah. Definitely, okay. That's interesting. Um, yeah. So so, um, I mean, so the technology. I mean, why don't we start by talking a bit about the green pages and other cool projects you're involved in? Because I think you know, as you mentioned already, the web has this has this sort of vast impact and footprint. If you if you sum it all up. Um, 
and I know that this 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 definitely divides the crowd. This one, this this idea that you know building lighter web pages in some way has a has an impact. So tell us a bit about the green pages and your your adventures there. Yeah, it, it, it's really interesting because the, the, the sort of headline figure doesn't do the what is much a much more nuanced and complex situation that that you know that the internet. Uh, is estimated to have a larger, uh, probably does have a larger carbon footprint than than the than the airline industry. I think it's two two or three percent of of, of global emissions. Um, how many billions of tons that is? And, and actually, when you start to think about it, you know, you go, okay, yeah, that that is massive. Actually, calculating the carbon footprint of the internet um, is probably harder than putting, you know, a, 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 a man on Mars or a woman on Mars. I would think. Um, if you start to think about it, like it's not just data centers, but when you, you know, you click on a website or you load a video, you think about that data traveling from the data center through our, you know, telco systems through, you know, fiber optic cables, which require power, get bounced around, could be over a 4G network that requires power. Eventually it comes into your home or, or maybe it comes into your mobile over 4G. If it comes into your home, it comes through your router that requires power comes into a laptop which requires power loads up on your screen you know what level of brightness has has that person got on their screen <laughs> anyway through it, it, as soon as you start to think about the full scope of it you realize blimey that's implausibly difficult and probably not worth the time to spend to work it out um, there's a wonderful website called um, websitecarbon.com which lots of people may be familiar with and and um, they've open sourced all their code as well and, and there's some uh, an analytics package called cabin that, that uses the same thing and that uses a, a, a piece of research that was done a few years ago to come up with a figure of 1.8 kilowatt hours per gigabyte of transfer so so that we're comparing apples to apples mm -hmm. we've got this number of 1.8 kilowatt hours generated per gigabyte of data transfer now as a techie if you overthink that you can find lots of ways that data transfer is a fundamental flawed way of doing it. It's perfectly possible to have a highly server intensive process that serves up a small amount of data, right? And, and vice versa. But again, you know, we've got to have something. Then we have to convert. So that's fine. So we can measure page weight. We can measure how many kilobytes of, you know, a page is or a video stream is, and we can convert it to kilowatt hours. Then we have to convert that into tons of CO2. Now, converting kilowatt hours into into emissions is difficult as well because every country has a different grid emission factor. So the UK is around about two, 0 0.23. So that's, the, you know, depending on the amount of renewable energy supplied to the grid of that country will, will adjust the, the, the grid emission factor. So the UK is, is pretty good. The US is, is less good. There's also a global average. Now, <laughs> website carbon and mostly sort of use actually as a starting point the the, the kind of global average because if you think about that data transmission i've talked about maybe it's from a u.s server yeah now maybe that's traveled through the u.s maybe that's gone through a few european countries and then into the uk so even if you accept the fundamentally flawed starting point of doing it on data transfer it's then really difficult also even just to transfer data transfer into so the first thing i would say and there are tools but you know websitecarbon.com brilliant starting point banging on a web page it'll tell you the, it will give you the emissions whether it's on green hosting read up a little bit on how that works because what's really important whether you're talking about a company's carbon footprint um, or the carbon footprint of a website it is the wild west out there like my tools are available 
all those other models they're, they're great they're based on a lot of science but it is a mixture of very complex science and estimations and dark art and magic and and so so that we're comparing apples to apples um you know uh you know we, we've got to have something and then we've got to just be transparent with how we're doing it so yes fine the internet has a larger carbon footprint than the airline industry but but to your point about technology saving us it's really much more interesting and nuanced than that um yes we should build lower carbon digital platforms why not or why invest well why invest well because the things that you do to reduce the carbon footprint of a website are the things that you do to make it better faster cheaper improve conversions and reduce your hosting costs anyway way so if you take a user journey and you take it from eight steps to four you've halved the carbon footprint if you halve the page weight or double the you know half the page load speed um you've halved it again now both of those things will almost certainly improve conversions user experience make it you know cheaper to host and store blah 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 so we're kind of doing it anyway we're just not measuring it and the world is missing the equivalent of the accessibility guidelines, which we've had for 20 plus years, which means that, you know, we're kind of, you know, duty bound, legally bound to to build, you know, web pages and experiences um, for a whole range of people with, with all sorts of different kind of Im impairments. And um, but we just don't have that for sustainability. So the green pages is a low carbon website. Um, that is just a curated set of resources like website carbon and cavern analytics in terms of the measurement and a whole range of tools for as i mentioned you know any digital team in an agency within you know within a within any organization whether you're a ux or a designer an engineer an architect an infrastructure person you're thinking about placing ad content media you're thinking about the carbon footprint of those ad campaigns there are tools there to do it and have conversations with your clients about how you might offset that campaign now here's the nuance bit like that's a good thing to do right if we all went out and did that yeah. and here's an example this is the sort of thing i think you'll see over the next five years netflix wouldn't it be cool if they had a green mode right they're constantly pumping super high definition the next high mega high definition i don't know what the next one is as much as they you know they're pumping this down and great and, and most of us can't necessarily tell like a huge difference wouldn't it be cool if they had a green mode where it just dropped it down a little bit um and every month they sent me an update just saying hey james thanks for watching in green mode you've just saved you know 15 tons of you know 15 kilos of co2 but we, we love that and i think you'll see that i think you'll see that in, in youtube and something and and i think people cleverer than me will find interesting ways to get that message across to consumers on websites because yeah. we all like to go and buy our oatly milk because it's three grams less co2 we don't really know what that means or it's wrapped up in the green packaging and it sounds good so consumers really like that so there's a real kind of win-win-win for building lower carbon um digital experiences um the the, the nuance bit now sorry i'll now shut up for a bit um is of course unlike the airline industry where the benefit is cheap air travel and i can go on holiday i can get to places quickly for a digital platform yes it has a footprint often it has a benefit and that's on a spectrum so you know this video calls a great example relatively high footprint because we're streaming video 
but previously I might have travelled down to London and we would have got together and had a panel discussion and that would have been massively higher. So again, people cleverer than me will find creative ways, I think, to tell consumers not just how much lower the footprint of the platform is, but also thinking about customer experience mapping and, and how that digital experience relates to offline touch points, which is something we've been doing for years, starting to bring in carbon footprint and thinking about that. That's kind of layer two. And the final third layer is you can, I think, start to have fun in some cases with um, those grid emissions again. So there are lots of really cool and simple APIs available, and you can get these off the green pages. So in real time, find out what the national grid emissions are. So if we take the UK, for example, I mentioned it's kind of 0.2 three so you know sort of kilograms per kilowatt hour um, but that changes during the that's an average over the year during the day yeah. if it's if it's sunny and windy then it we're really really good and, and vice versa if it's kind of cold still dark evening so wouldn't it be fun to have a website that changed its behavior based on the grid emissions and and, and in, in that country so there are some obvious examples in in the IoT world, so you could have an air conditioning system that if the grid emissions dropped below a certain threshold, it cut out for 30 minutes. People probably wouldn't notice that much, but you know, you could have a very green as on the more kind of PR stunt side of things, wouldn't it be cool to have a website that if the grid emissions dropped below a certain threshold, it went into dark mode, right? Black pages require less power than white pages pages on a monitor so it, that might be more of a kind of gimmicky awareness raising awareness thing but again cleverer ux people will think of cool ways along that spectrum to do that those are the three layers i think about and that's why it's different to the airline industry because yes mm. it has a footprint but yes it can have significant benefits um on top of that and then you can and then the third layer is that kind of actually changing the experience dynamically based on on grid emission factors yeah i really was that an answer to a question i don't know i don't know that was sorry i mean it was an answer to 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 the question and many others yeah (laughs) but that but that's good you know that's that's what we're here for james a good rambling chat about the subject i mean i so a couple of things that i'll pull out from from that dark mode is saving the planet everybody you heard it here first um it's it's not just a superior experience you are actually saving the planet by by providing it and using it so please dark mode in all your user experiences everybody um slightly joking but it's kind of true actually uh but i love the suggestion that maybe there's a third mode coming maybe there's a green mode for things i think that's a really good idea actually i you know how many how many customers would would elect to use green mode in their experiences I think a lot of people would. We have switched on right now, right? I mean, you know, it's an environment. If we, if Teams had a green mode, we'd say to everybody, look, we're not streaming in high definition. The last thing you want is high definition, you know, me and Rob in your face anyway. So let's <laughs> back it in green mode. Like, why wouldn't we? So I yeah. don't know. Someone's, I'm, I've, you know, I'm claiming that, right? You heard it here first. We can date stamp. We've got a date stamp on this when it starts to come. But look, you know, that's what we're trying to do with the green page is what we're trying to do by getting out there into the, community um and, and sharing all these kind of ideas and, and, and thoughts um yeah it's, it's and, provoking uh, isn't it? It, it's, it it provokes people to think differently about the work that they do and 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 the context within which they do it and i think you know you talked about the netflix example you know netflix notoriously have teams of people whose entire job is focusing on 
how content is laid out in the interface on different screen sizes. And the joke, of course, is it means they have a six inch guy and a nine inch guy and a 12 inch guy, right? And that's that is generally the interior, inter, internal like monkey as they give them. Um, I'd love to imagine that they might already have a team of people whose entire focus is thinking about how they can make the delivery of the platform have a lower footprint, right? Um, in terms of how they how they serve up they, content. They and, must be thinking about this. It's such an obvious one for them and it, and you know and, and there's been a spotlight on it for a few years now and there's there's reports out there and there's committees looking for sp particularly video streaming services because obviously they are a very yeah. large chunk of that of that footprint um so i yeah. I, I hope so I, I i'd be really surprised if we kind of didn't see something like that um you know yeah from and and i think that leads us into the consumer angle which you sort of touched on in a few few areas i think you know and i guess i sort of what i was alluding to at the top of the the hour it's like consumers have started to care there's a public shift in consciousness and i think what's really interesting about that is it means that brands and businesses whether their leadership teams agree with or care about this subject or not are being really forced i guess ultimately to start to do things in this area and and you know we get into the greenwashing debate here i pretty quickly i suppose about you know if is it is it a positive thing for businesses to be able to sort of slightly insincerely do the minimum possible amount and therefore get the kind of consumer benefit from that or not and and um you know that is a very complicated debate my personal view is largely as long as people are doing something that's better than doing nothing and and as long as they're being transparent about what they do then it's up to the consumer to make the decision but um you know do you think sustainability has become a marketing term maybe we could lean into b corp a bit here which i know is another journey you, you've looked you've been on um how do you how do you how do you see that sort of shaking out at the moment yeah i, I look i again i'm in a, a bit of a bubble you know, so I'm very optimistic and positive and I'm working with lots of people, you know, who are hugely passionate. And, and so I sometimes get maybe a slightly skewed view. But what I tend to feel like is like, no, sustainability is, you know, and, and in the, again, in the broader term, not just the environmental piece has moved, you know, since sort of guess pre 2008 or so in the last few years has moved from this kind of CSR corporate social responsibility thing that the C-suite said, yeah, we need to be doing that. And then it was yeah. fobbed off probably to HR um, to something that is a much more kind of strategic pillar, not just for a big car manufacturer who's like, well, look, we, if we don't strategically change our business from diesel to electric, we're dead. But, you know, all the way through, you know, MSQ, like huge kind of board support. But I see that, you know, with all of the companies that, that that I'm working with, and it is you know it is a relatively small bubble. It, it's not to say that it isn't used by marketing, of course. Like you know, yeah. in order you've got to play the game, you know, and there are huge commercial benefits to operating in this way. Um, my hope, genuinely, is that in five years' time, certainly ten, it flips it's the other way and, and those commercial benefits are all gone and it, it's the other way around if you're not doing it you're just not going to survive you're going to be dead in the water because everybody's doing it it's not a it's not a, a usp to say hey we're, we're you know climate positive or whatever it's just like whatever no big deal but in the short term there are like huge benefits whether it's yeah you know being greener with your website getting that information across the customers whether it's being a 
become a negative organization in your own right you know wh whatever you're doing like yes you know push the marketing out and i think more and more or companies will get called out for greenwashing if they're not as as people do more and more um you know and i'm not going to name names but i've seen companies who like have done big promotional videos to talk about how last year they planted over 300 trees you know <laughs> and and you look at that when you and you go oh that's great they like, yeah. planted a forest planted a tree for every every member of staff and it's like okay but it, it's 12p to 12 pence to, to plant a tree on something like college i think you spent yeah. i don't know what that what, what is that 30 quid for you like i don't know but so companies get called out if if they're just kind of greenwashing um but look that at the moment it's the best way to kind of get funding for these big sustainability initiatives um and so yeah like you know look you know looking at things like you know b corp which is um you know becoming more and more popular and is, is, is broader is that back to what we talked about before is that kind of it's covering ethics diversity and inclusion um and all the environmental stuff um is 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 is, is becoming a proper kind of strategic pillar of how an organization is run and is is getting you know real time at, at the board table and you know the the, the work certainly we're doing at msq the our carbon footprint on a sort of per head basis, the offsetting that we're doing, the targets we've got to halve that over three years. Those are KPIs that are reported up to the board and sit alongside, you know, our EBITDA and our turnover. You know, that, that, those are, you know, targets and we're, we're, we're doing everything that we can meet them alongside everything else. Um, so yes and no, it, 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 it is used by marketing teams, but I, I, it's not just, you know, it, it's much more than that. Companies that are just greenwashing and just talking yeah. the talk but not doing it are, aren't going to survive really, or they're just going to get called out very quickly and look stupid. Yeah, I agree. And I think this is all part of the kind of public consciousness waking up a bit, you know, whereas planting one tree for every, you know, month of the year might might have seemed like an ex, an exciting and amazing thing to do a year ago i think people now are like well hang on a minute i've got an ecology subscription and i'm planting 300 trees a month so that can't be that good you know like people are just becoming aware of of what the scale of impact needs to look like to truly make a difference and certainly what's appropriate for a large organization um and so i never want to like talk down about people doing the kind of silly oh you know we'll plant one tree for every x stuff because it's better than planting no trees but equally i think i agree with you that I, you know i hope that that stuff comes out in the wash anyway because mm. consumers become wiser and more savvy um but i do think yeah I, look, I agree i just not about just on that point rob i think yeah, definitely like my approach is just you know, not not about shaming those 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 companies no, no, no. but but helping exactly. to educate um sometimes it's just sort of you know naivety they've done something their marketing team's pushing it out there's a disconnect They're, they they probably didn't realize how you know cheap it was or, or or whatever it is and and it's more about just dropping them a private note and just saying hey like you know can we can we help i've got these resources this this course you know whatever but you know by the you know by the way we've done x y and z because they'll they soon kind of realize that you know that they're look they're potentially looking a bit daft and they're going to end up with some blowback if they're not careful yeah sorry yeah. I interrupt. no not at all it's, uh, yeah I, I agree um and so i i suppose just touching briefly on the kind of cloud context in a little bit more detail 
my long-term belief has been that you know moving technology into these kind of hyperscaled centralized facilities which is public cloud today is is positive from a sustainability point of view because you can find efficiency through scale it's a bit like the electric vehicle argument right just a lot of electricity is still derived from fossil fuel but it's done much more efficiently at scale than it can be done in small batches burning in you know in a combustion engine do you do you yeah. buy that the cloud argument do you agree with that like would you tell a business moving to cloud is a, is a you know is a, is a sustainable choice versus the alternatives what's your view there yeah, I, I, look, it, it's 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 another one of those win-wins. It's it's about understanding the 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 data, and, and again, it's 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 a bit you know loose, but depending on how you measure the scope of that carbon footprint, you know, yeah. data centers are you know only you know ten twenty percent when you when you think about all the other kind of power that comes through. But that again, take those numbers with a pinch of salt because people measure different things and different scopes, and it depends on the application. But it's look absolutely it's it's a win-win. You know all the big you know cloud providers, you know AWS and Google and you know Microsoft, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, um, and the you know the the, the mid-tier kind of you know sizable data centers. You know you, mm. you there's rack spaces in the UK, fast and whoever you use, but um, are 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 investing and moving quickly towards you know green energy. You know you hear Microsoft talking about looking at you know not just green energy but can they put data centers underwater and all sorts of weird and wonderful things in order to reduce um you know electricity uses because obviously cooling and things is, is a huge element of it so unquestionably um it's a great thing to do to, to sort of migrate into the crack the the, the 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 cloud um you know I, and i you know i just think it's a win-win with all the other benefits that, that come with clouds you know anyway um in terms of you know cost and um, for me kind of you know security and this is your your world more than me you know people kind of yeah. get a bit sort of out with um oh but if we can go and physically see the box in our own data center then we can control the security and it's like yeah but how good are you at making sure it's always patched and always updated and always upgraded you know these guys are obsessed with data breaches it's you know everything they do so i think for me you know it's just win-win-win security cost scalability all of the benefits of going to cloud um plus yes that, that the environmental bit um they're all looking and, and transitioning to to green energy um you'll see that a lot over the next few years yeah they certainly are and and um yeah the microsoft sunken data center project for those that haven't seen it is worth googling for they did an initial pilot and it was successful and they're now trying a kind of second pilot where they basically built uh, a sort of modest scale data center and put it in a kind of big steel tube for want of a better word and submerged it in the ocean um, in an attempt to derive completely efficient cooling from the ocean's temperature. I I, I must say my my mind did shift to the to the thought of are we going to end up boiling the ocean with data centers? But that's probably, uh, I think there's probably enough water for it not to matter. But anyway, j you know, joking aside, I think it's just a really cool example of of companies pushing the boundaries and and exploring what's possible. And I mean, you know, we're in an we're in an age where we're watching SpaceX SpaceX rockets increasingly successfully take off with huge payloads. It seems sort of inevitable to me that the long term answer to a lot of this stuff is space, really. You know, it's moving a lot of this stuff off planet eventually. We may not be alive to see it, but it seems like it gets there eventually. So I guess 
again, what I'm getting at is I think tech saves us if we can survive long enough. <laughs> you know, I think we need to take action today uh, because if we don't, I'm not convinced we will be around for long enough for the technology to get there. But I do think the technology ultimately does get there. So in so in that gap we're in now, you know, it's you talked about, you know, your that, that kind of legacy emotion with with children it's amazing how often that seems to be the trigger point for people realizing hang on what are we leaving behind for our kids i think that's the reason why ultimately the time to take action is now because we need to create a big enough buffer for the tech solutions to really kick in in earnest and and start to solve these problems comprehensively so look it's been a you know fantastic rambling chat we've got a few minutes left um what else is there you'd like to cover or, or promote or, or share that perhaps we've not had a chance to talk about yet? No, I, look, I think maybe just try and we could just sort of come back and condense yeah. it into those two areas of like what what action could you take? Um, yeah, look, on your point, I think we're really aligned with the, you know, either you believe we're all we're all doomed or you kind of Elon Musk style. Look, let's just give him enough time to colonize Mars and it'll all be okay. And there's lots of little things that. I'm doing and we're doing to support SMEs. You know, those of you who saw the Bill Gates documentaries um, last year, I think it was, you know, that stuff, you know, like TerraPower. So have you seen like their, this design that they have for clean, green, you know, nuclear energy that actually uses yeah. existing nuclear waste. And they show this lovely shot of, I think it's a facility in Turkey that has enough nuclear waste to power the US for the next 100 years or something. So there are these big technology projects um, governments are doing private sectors doing the, the but in terms of what we can do you know presume lots of people watching are more in the kind of SME world small businesses you know you can get moving really quickly and I, I, I'll, I'll give ecology a plug because actually although I think you should absolutely start by you need to measure your carbon footprint because you can't put a sense reduction strategy in place unless you understand the profile of it as, as I talked about before otherwise you're just moving deck chairs around um, but if you want to get started super quickly while you're doing that because that can take a few weeks or months to do uh, sign up to something like ecology as a business it's incredibly cost-effective incredibly cheap tomorrow you could be a climate positive organization use the commercial benefits that come with that stick the logo on your pitch decks on your websites on your email brilliant just get tree plantings brilliant internally staff love it It helps with recruitment lots and lots and lots of benefits do that there's a bit opposite way around then then do your measurement you can always go back and adjust how much offsetting you've done that's that's fine jump on netcarbonnegative.co.uk if you like um there's you know there's quite a lot of stuff on there but the thing you're looking for is is the is the carbon calculator. It's just a very simple spreadsheet. You drop in some data and it will give you your scope one, scope two, scope three emissions. You do most of it will get from your finance teams. You do a simple survey around commuting. Bang, you've got it. That will really help you, you see how, you know, where are the big gains? How can we now halve our footprint over the next three, four years? Um, so, you know, measure it, put in a strategy to, to reduce it. Um, and then, yeah, those again, again, I would think most people watching this are interested on the tech side, the digital side, you know, have a look at the green pages. Yeah, we'll share the link. That's the greenpages.beamer.co.uk. Pass that on to your digital teams, your designers, your developers, your infrastructure people. It, as I say, it's very simple. It's just a curated set of resources. All teams that I've shared that with have just 
gone, oh, great. Yeah, this is really easy. We're sort of doing this stuff anyway. We're just not measuring it. Um, we're, not, we're just not thinking about it. You know, so your UX designers are just sticking high res hero banners at the top of every page and not going, well, is the kind of benefit of that like really shiny call to action, you know, misty video background to our homepage worth the, the footprint when it's not thinking about it, but we're doing a lot of the stuff anyways. So, you know, have a look at the green pages that'll allow you to really kind of build up that capability for within your own, your own teams or for your clients, you know, whatever type of business you are. So we've, we've waffled on a lot. I think that there are some really quick win starting points jump on something like ecology become climate positive tomorrow if you're a service business it's crazy cheap net carbon negative to measure and start to reduce um, the green pages to to to, to focus and supercharge that capability around the building um, more sustainable platforms love it and uh, if you're not using cloud services already because you're a lunatic then now's the time to start um, and if you build a website or you have any influence over the building of a website and you're watching this or listening to it get a green mode put on your website and, I, and i'll tell you what i'll plant 100 trees for everybody that sends me a screenshot or frankly a working demonstration of a website with a green mode on it because i just think that's such a cool idea and i'd love it if that became a thing and i'd love it even more if we could attribute it to you james so um so yeah wouldn't that be <laughs> well, incredible let's pretend if it green was my idea start popping up um Okay. And uh, I'm sure someone's frantically making 100 websites now to teach me a lesson for saying that. But uh, I'm OK with that. That's a, that's all right. Um, James, thank you so much for your time and and everything you're doing in this area. You know, you, you've you've been so generous with the resources you've created for your own challenges. And, and I really think that's what these these types of challenges in our lives need. They need people like you who are incredibly switched on and 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 figure out how to solve these problems and then you know give it away give it back to the planet open source it right and and i just think it's so so amazing that these resources exist now and whether that's tools like ecology or you know all the amazing work that you've done with netcom negative or the amazing green pages work with beamer and everything in between um, you know these are the building blocks that make it easy for people to do something about it should they wish to and so if you've enjoyed watching this or you've enjoyed listening to it, um, do something, take action, right? It's so easy, it's very, very cheap, and your your teams will appreciate it, your customers certainly will appreciate it, and it's you know, it, and and hopefully we'll all have a you know a slightly longer and happier life as a result. So um James, thank you so much, and and thanks to everybody watching watching and listening along. Uh that was Wildlife episode 12. Uh I'm gonna go and clean up my garden. Thanks, everybody. Excellent, guys. It went really well. We had about 40 people uh, tuning in live, so it did great. Um, great. Thanks, thank Rachel. you very much. Uh, I'll send over um, like the audio version to you, James, and the link to um, the video. It used to render a little bit, but once it's up, uh, I'll yep. send that to you. So you can use it if you need to. Yeah. Can um, you stick links in um, to the various things, please, Rachel, as well? Yes, so the, do my show yeah. notes. Yeah. Great. Yeah, Fantastic. Um, they'll um, have so, like this evening. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know why I'm even saying that. Of course, you'll do that as always. Um, <laughs> James, thanks, mate. That was fun. No, that's, yeah, no, it's all good. I, I'm, you know, just really, this is what a lovely job to be able to do, you know, and I, I, and I think 
it's it's I'm just very privileged because we've got MMT to a scale where you know I've managed to somehow convince MSQ that to you know make me chief sustainability officer but what a lovely thing to be able to kind of do full time and it is you know when you're passionate about it it's pointless just me doing it for MSQ 